Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Alan Maldonado, a.k.a. Rooster Robbins, and you are watching the Below the Belt Show. Okay, let me tell y'all something. It's Rooster Robbins, the best athlete you're going to ever see in the ring. Any, any of these four corners you want me to jump off of, I'm landing on the straight flat. Up and down. One, two, three. It's me, Rooster Robbins, ready to take over the game if you give me the championship belt. Now, let me tell you something. Anybody else wearing that championship belt is unauthentic, un unreal, and not magical every time they step into that square circle. So if you want entertainment, you want some joy, you want excitement, you make Rooster Robins champion ASAP. That's all I'm saying. That's all y'all need to know, and I'm dropping the mic. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. pleasure guys we have an incredible show from top to bottom let's go ahead and introduce the amazing panel that we've assembled tonight first off he's an accomplished actor that's worked all over the dmv and nyc and beyond he's the one and only vinnie mac himself vince eisenson vince good to have you back on btb and don't forget to unmute your mic BTB, it's good to be back for the uh, fourth time. Thank you yes. for having me. Yeah. Yes, you killed it last time, Vince. You are a, you've, I mean, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, you know, you know, you're like the Atlanta Braves. You know, come on now. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Go Braves. Yeah. Yeah, the the um, World Series <clears throat> champs. Um, uh, but good to have you back, Vince. And of course, we. Wow, it's been a minute. So since I we've remember. had this man on the panel, last time he was on the panel was when we were at WNBC Studios. This is BTB 3.0, the at-home virtual edition. We welcome back, guys. He is the one and the only executive producer extraordinaire behind Smash Entertainment. He is the one and only Chad Morton. What's happening, man? Good to have you on BTB, Chad. Back and better than ever. Virtual yes. Yes. Well, well, Chad, it's been a minute since we've had you on. Um, if we could talk a little bit about some incredible projects that you have lined up. I know that you have something involving Hollywood, and then I know you got something along the lines of a feature film. Are you ready to talk about either one? Yeah, whatever you want. To be, you say go. I'm ready, man. You know, yeah. What you got? What you got? What, what you we got? got? Well, we got our second feature film coming out. The Realtor dedicated to a good friend of mine, a great comedy, 
We're going to have a fantastic cast. You're going to help us out with that. So you can go ahead and take a bow right now. We've got our sports <laughs> book, sports gaming show out on YouTube, The Sure Shot, making people a lot of money there. So yes. I hope you can tune into that on uh, Love it. Smash Entertainment Channel. Check out The Sure Shot. And we got the Hollywood Smash coming up. Hollywood Smash is going to be our own little show where we're going to highlight everything that's going on in Hollywood with us and everything that's going on in Hollywood with everyone else. So wow. we're stuff, but we're going to be sure we give everybody else some props as well. Wow. Wow. Now, let's talk a little bit about the realtor first, a little focus on that. Um, okay. um, I guess it's inspired uh, some by some actual people in your life. Being oh, that you, yeah. I mean, the yeah. realtor is a comedy. It goes through a lot of the things that real estate agents go through, but it's tied in and I can't give too much away, but just think of if your favorite, uh, if your favorite realtor was secretly a professional wrestler. Yes. Hijinks ensued. So the whole wrestling environment, I love it. I've been doing a deep dive research. I'm going to tell you, man, if you get a minute, go on YouTube and just click up some old Ric Flair, four horsemen. Yes. Old Macho Savage stuff. It's, there's nothing better. You can spend two, three hours just watching, you know, uh, championship wrestling way before the WWE. Yeah. WWF consolidated everybody under the genius that was Vince McMahon. He was really brilliant in his business acumen and how he's able to pull it all together. A lot of the people on your show, including you two, are probably a little too young to remember back in the 70s when, you know, you had 20 different federations and you had you could only catch Ric Flair on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And then you can only see the four horsemen or Tony Atlas or Rocky Johnson, who, uh, you know, I've seen more Rocky Johnson matches than I've seen of The Rock, his son. In, in all God's honest truth, because he would come on wow. every Saturday. So You're an old school great... fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan from back in the day. The yeah. Wrestling now, in terms of the characters, in terms of the involvement, in terms of the excitement, it cannot match what was. And I think that's the problem for pro wrestling moving forward, because they had legends who just blazed new territory. So now what do you do? You know, it's going to be interesting watching Vince try to morph uh, this machine that he has into something that's going to now be sustainable. You can't replace or mimic a Ric Flair, the Four Horsemen, Rocky Johnson, Tony Atlas, uh, the original Hulk Hogan legends, man. So, Chad, this is crazy because I just yesterday, no joke, was looking up YouTube clips of Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Because yes. I had to do a Macho Man impression, and I was like, "Wait, I gotta—I—I I don't remember what this guy sounds like." You remember? Like. <laughs> oh, you guys are too young, man. You guys are too young. But the funny thing about the Macho Man is that he was that person, at least according to Hogan and the guys around. He morphed into becoming that person, and um, he couldn't turn it off. So. Oh yeah. Well, I bet. Vince. First of all, Vince, are you telling me that you actually auditioned? To play Macho Man Randy Savage. Not at all. I was okay. doing. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, you, got, you got none of what I was saying on that. So go ahead, break it down, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm old school too. I used to watch it, but it's been a long time. I liked Jake the Snake. That was like right when I Jake got the into Snake it. Robert, Undertaker, yes. Jake the Snake. That yes. was when I was really into it. Yeah. I love it. Yes. I mean, I think, it, and what's funny is my kids. 
oldest, they came up during the Attitude Era. So Steve yes. Austin, you know, The Rock, um, DX, they loved it. They loved yes. it, the, the Rock. And I think that was when wrestling sort of had culminated to as high as it could go. Right. And then it just, they couldn't find replacements for these just fantastic characters. But when you go back, and I challenge you guys when we get off, go back, just Google Ric Flair on YouTube. Put it on YouTube, Ric Flair, Four Horsemen. The promos were better than the matches. It was just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Ric Flair was definitely one of the best, one of the greatest of all time. Now, are you looking to possibly cast a major name in the wrestling world in your film? Absolutely. Well, you and I talked about it, man. So, yes. spoil it, you know, spoil it now. We, we, <laughs> may do just that. we may do just that. We may have a legend or two that make an appearance in the realtor. So, we won't announce it till it's official, but we're working right, on right, it. Right, if you right, get right, Jake right, the Snake, you. I'm there. You know what? He's on the short list. Okay. <laughs> On the He's already proven he can act. Now, Vince, you mentioned Peanut yeah, Butter Falcon. Man. The dude can act. That was a good performance, Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Check that out. Okay. Yeah, check that out. Yeah. yeah. So great things happening with Smash Entertainment. You got an official oh, website. Yeah, you got to check us out. It's www.smashentertainment.net. Smashentertainment.net. Our past feature film, um, What Death Leaves Behind. Yes. Award winner. You know. Yes. Film festival appearance. Ooh, yes. Um, Love Sunday. in that movie. Christopher Mann, mm. Johnny Alonzo, Vince Young. Vince Young. Spectacular, spectacular performances. Um, you know, the, the, the film continues to do great things on Amazon Prime. Right. We're looking to do, get the realtor and even top that now. Uh, I heard that the one of the actors that was in that um that support group was shined was was phenomenal <laughs> yeah my cousin my cousin jay he was good in that support group he wait a minute I'm, I'm, a th I'm a thinking about somebody else man somebody else uh how about the one guy who said uh it was a paps blue ribbon beer was it him no nah, I, I was in there i actually did a good job i'll give him this pop okay <laughs> You're playing with me. I love that, man. That's yeah, crazy. Man. You're wild, man. But, uh, well, we got a great show tonight, man. There's a lot of stuff to talk in the world of entertainment. There Vince, is. are you allowed to talk about your recent booking or not yet? I don't, I don't think I can say anything. Okay. Other, nah, I really can't. Not, not on the air. It, it, I can say it will air in at the end of March. And it's end uh, of March? Okay. End of March. Mm -hmm. And the show itself comes back in January. So there's a little clue. It's a show that's been on a few seasons, and okay. it's coming back in January. Well, when you're able to talk about it, we'll be plugging here on Below the Belt show. Vince. Sweet. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hear what it is. I love to say it, That's one of my favorite shows. It really is. Oh, you really know? <laughs> that's right. I, I know. But I'm not going to say nothing. That's just one of my favorite shows. I can like anything. Right, you don't know what I like. Uh, I, love it. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, we have an incredible show. Lots of stuff going on in the world of entertainment and Hollywood. Um, also, joining us a little later on the program is the lovely and talented Aussie from Australia, Jessica Ray, the entertainer, uh, is going to be joining us uh, to talk about the Baltimore Next Media Webfest. That's bnmwebfest.com. Mm -hmm. um, happening right here in Baltimore, the weekend of the 7th and 8th in-person virtual events happening um, on the 4th and the 5th. So uh, 
Uh, Jessica will be calling in to talk about that. I actually have the, the distinct honor of being one of the judges for some of the selected um, films uh, for B&M WebFest. And, uh, what's, when... what's, what's the date of that? What's the date of that, Al? Yes, you can go. Uh, the date of the B&M WebFest, again, is virtually November 4th and 5th and in person November 6th and 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, and check out bnmwebfest.com for all the information. And of course, um, in Baltimore, it's going to be at the Cobalt in Hamden, Maryland. Um, so that's a little bit north of the city in Baltimore, uh, in the Hamden area. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's always a, a great event. It showcases a lot of, um, a lot of web series, you know, a lot of the films that don't have that major network platform, but really need to be seen and, and showcased. And Vince, I think I was talking to you about uh, Turf Valley. I thought it would have been an incredible addition to the web fest, but Nonetheless, I know that Turf Valley. Uh, I know be- they. I did hear, you know, because they are yeah. trying to target some biggies, and they have all those rules about you can't submit to you, too many. You can't get into this fest if you've premiered at another one, and blah blah blah. Ah. So, yeah, maybe okay. next year though, if you know, after those rules have expired. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Halloween was this past weekend. Did um, either of you uh, get to enjoy the? Uh, the spookiness and celebration that is Halloween. Man, I gave out candy. That's what you mean. <laughs> you yeah, know? okay. <laughs> Doing some trick or treaters. Vince, you got two young sons. Yeah, uh, boys. I mean, yeah. You know, they go out. They're still out there. Chad, how, you got a few kids? Oh, a few. I got five, dog. Five. You got a handful. Okay. Yeah, you, I heard every joke. Give it to me. <laughs> I got <laughs> nothing. I'm just in awe. I just give you respect. That's it. Cause <laughs> I got two. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Now, my oldest son is out in um, L.A. working oh, for nice. Universal Studios. Oh, no, that's so awesome to hear that. He's doing great, man. Following dad's footsteps. I love to hear there that. There it is. Yeah. And Vince, I actually uh, saw some photos that you posted. Oh, uh, the two boys, you're all dressed up for Halloween. They got dressed up, and dad had an event the night before where I had to be Freddy Krueger. So oh, I, saved, oh, I saved nice. the costume, and I went out with them as Friendly Krueger. Oh, Friendly Krueger. What is Friendly Krueger? It's Freddy Krueger without the mask and a smile instead of, you know. Okay. It's a little, and, is it yeah. a little frightening for the children? The they, you know, they were cool with it. They got okay. used to the claw, and I was friendly. Okay. So right. they're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you had a live event. So you uh, is this like a, an event that you actually got paid to yeah, show up in it, uh, Freddy gear? Yeah, Hotel Monaco in D.C. Nice. Apparently there's a bar attached, and they had an event, and... It was kind of weird because half the people there were in costume. So I'm not sure why they needed to hire me to be in costume. But I went around and scared the fuck out of people. Pardon my friend. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I'm below the belt. <laughs> <you know. laughs> That's it. Hey, that, that sounds like a hell of a gig and a lot of fun. fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. to, to be paid to be Freddy Krueger and scare the fuck out of people. Which I had never seen. I have to you do the up. whole accent too. I did the, I, I mean, I had the mask on, so I tried to do right. it through the mask. And Wait, did you say you've never seen? I had never seen it. I'm going to go the Elm mask Street? at the break. Oh, you've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street? I saw it before this. I saw the first one and part of the reboot, but I had never seen them before that. Prior oh, to man, if you saw the reboot, you did yourself a disservice. It's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> That's what everybody it's says. Horrible. My take is, okay, Robert England's iconic. But it he was is. hilarious. I'm like, at no point in the original was I scared. It was just funny. Wait, wait, and which one? Part one? Part one. 
Man, part one scared the shit out of us when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, when you're a kid in 1984. We kids, like, it didn't get funny until number three. Three oh, was God. funny. Two wasn't that good. But good. one, jeez, man, kids were all. It really all remember, this, I think this came out when I was in eighth and ninth grade. Kids I found it hilarious. Good. I found it funny. But, you know. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it, what was funny <laughs> is some of my kids were watching it as, like, young adults. And they found yeah. it funny, too. But a kid watching that. You were like oh, yeah. drinking coffee, taking no dose. He's like, I'm not going to sleep. Yes. It was whatever. Uh, but Jackie Earl Haley, I'll give it to him. He, he played it straight. I mean, the movie wasn't very fun. You talking about in the remake? The remake. Yeah. But he the played it straight. Charm. It didn't have the charm. No charm there at all. There was no, it just didn't hit the beats, man. It didn't yeah. hit the beats. No. Yeah. I, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like the Halloween movies, the recent Halloween movies, are a better, a better effort than the recent. Yeah, I do too. Like my, my kids love the first one. Okay, did you see the um, second Halloween Kills? Because I finally saw it. I haven't I watched, seen that one. Have you watched it on Halloween night? It was a lot of WTF moments. Um, wait, 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 you're talking about on the second one. The second one that's actually streaming on Peacock. If you uh, didn't want to go to the theater, yeah. it's actually streaming on Peacock. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was great. You know, um, first one was good. First one was too really good. You know, a lot of people die, sadly. I mean, it is a Halloween. It's a, a horror film. But yes, they are setting up the third and most likely final film in that trilogy. Oh, shucks. I thought it was over with this one. See? I yep. didn't know. I didn't see it, though. They're okay. setting up the trilogy. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, so that was uh, great. So Halloween was, was really cool for me. I got to go to Sabrina Taylor Smith's Halloween party uh, at the mansion, as she likes to call her her place. And I was in full Mandalorian gear. Yes, got a lot of uh, did, huh? got a lot <laughs> of props on my costume. That was a lot of fun. And a, lo- a real popular um, costume this year was Squid Game, the, the iconic. Oh, yeah, I saw um, everybody out with that. That's, that's a lot of people wearing Squid was. Game attire, the pink hoodie and sweat you know the whole uh track suit the face mask with the different shapes oh, and uh carrie washington actually dressed up as contestant 456 thing. yeah and uh some people even dressed up as the robotic killer doll um <laughs> which was black pink's lisa um and uh yeah lots of like uh interesting celebrity photos uh lo- you know celebrating halloween um kendall jenner dressed up as a corpse bride uh, mm-hmm. happy birthday kendall jenner by the way uh and uh reese witherspoon immersed herself into alfred hitchcock's the birds by covering mm-hmm. herself entirely in birds so lots of interesting uh um celebrity costumes of course they have the money uh, to uh put together these elaborate costumes and um but nonetheless um Let's just talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment, guys. So here we go. Let's hit it. Hollywood news. It, it is time for the Hollywood report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's Marilyn's own. Good Charlotte. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some movie stuff, guys. Eternals, guys. Oh, I'm sorry to hear this, but it's the lowest rated MCU movie since Thor Dark World. Thor oh, Dark yeah, World yeah. got a 66% critics rating. Now, Thor, Current, Thor Dark, Dark World was just horrible. Now, 
want to guess? Have a lot of, I didn't have high expectations for this film, so yeah, you know, I'm not going to be too disappointed. I am an Eternals fan, but okay, if you're not a deep, deep comic book guy like I am, going way back, it's good. The challenge is going to be for new people to say, okay, who are these guys, and why should I care? Even though Marvel may have been, it took a minute for Marvel to get here. Everybody still knew Spider-Man. You knew the Hulk. You know, you know Captain America. Right. But the Eternals is off-brand. It's a great book. Jack Kirby initially did them. Right. Marvel let loose on the reins and let yes. it go. It was a great book. How they're going to, you know, make this relevant, that's going to be the challenge. But either way, I'm going to go see it. And, you know, We're going to see it because it's MCU, but... Yes, the the critic score guys. It's currently at fifty four percent. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is the lowest MCU film again since Thor: Dark World. Um, which was what? What was Thor: Dark World? Sixty six percent. Like who would give that even that much? Yeah, so that that was previously the lowest rated MCU film. Now, of course, the audience score hasn't happened yet mm. because it's not out till Thursday mm. night. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's more critics, um, you know, scores that could play into bringing that um, low score down. But you know what? It's the, for, of course the, they have a great director in Chloe Zhao, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I mean, she's what she won the Oscar for best director, you know. So it's like you gotta give it a shot, man. You, you know, gotta you gotta give it a shot. But maybe you know, an Oscar contender type of movie does not necessarily translate to a great superhero director maybe not i don't know um but if anything people will go out to see this film because the cast is just mm-hmm. ridiculous i mean it's angelina jolie it's salma hayek well, it's see, a game that, you let, know let me, let me stop you there yeah that be part of the problem because with mar i want you to go back to the avengers mm-hmm. okay Prior to Chris Evans being Captain America, was he a household name? Did you know him? Yes, but mainly because of not another teen movie. Not but another teen movie. Which was hilarious. Yeah. Which was hilarious. <laughs> but love that movie, by the way. He was not this Chris Evans. Sure. This Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah. And same with Hemsworth. And same with pretty much with the exception of Robert Downey Jr., who you got to remember back at that time was coming off of the, you know, the arrest and doing time and the drugs and yeah. he wasn't even the highest paid actor in the film. Terrence Howard was that's true, and you know that's the reason why Terrence wasn't in the second movie. Whole another story. But the this the thing with Marvel is this. This is where I think they made the mistake, having not seen the movie, but just been look on the outside looking in. You don't need to cast stars. The character is the star. Captain America is the star. Just find the right fit. I think I know why they had to cast stars, um, Chad. Because, this because is an unknown quantity. Because the Eternals is not very unknown uh, um, um, cast of characters. Um, you know, it's the you know it, it's basically what Guardians of the Galaxy was. So they kind of have to prove themselves by delivering a solid movie. Um, but people but to, know who Captain yeah. America is. They know That's who true. the Hulk is. They know who Spider Man is. To their credit, though, I mean, Eternals definitely has some stars, but I feel like they took a few. Ri- I mean, Brian Tyree Henry is known, but he's not like mm-hmm. if you don't watch Atlanta, you might not know who he is. Right. That's or, a very or even good point. Barry Keegan. Like he's an Irish dude. He's done stuff. But who knows Barry Keegan? Off the right. Street? Nobody knows him. Well, I'm excited about the Stark Brothers reunion, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John yeah. Snow. Yeah. 
<laughs> John Snow and Rob Stark are going to be in this. That's, of course, Kit Harrington and Richard Madden. Of course, Lauren Ridloff. You might know her from uh, The Walking Dead. Um, and, of course, um, uh, Leah McHugh. Um, and, of course, Gemma Chan. Yeah. yeah. So that, that I mean, and, and uh, Kumail Nanjani. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, Jon Snow was actually recently um, interviewed about um, the Eternals. And um, basically said, if Marvel calls up and they say, we've got this interesting character for you, would you be interested in being this movie? Uh, basically said he wasn't working for a year and a half since Game of Thrones, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said it was a no-brainer. <laughs> so, I mean, you haven't worked in a year and a half. You're kind of on that high from Game of Thrones, which is debatable based on the last season. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he did not have to audition. He said he was pretty much... Uh, just had to talk to the producers, had a meeting with Kevin Feige, basically offered the role. That's the thing about some of these actors. They don't even have to audition some of these actors. A certain level, they're basically just fucking offered a role. And that's mm-hmm. what happens. As you know, he's playing a character named Black Knight. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a hardcore comic fan to know that name and to know that character. Yeah, um, what do you know about the Black Knight? I mean, the Black Knight is an, is an odd character. He was in a few Black Panther episodes, ironically enough, as a villain. He was an Avenger at one point, but we're going way back to the 70s and 80s. Right. So he's like sort of like an off-brand character. It would fit that you would put him in with the Eternals. However, you know, I, I'm really, I really just not sold on their casting choices. So Al, did you read the, the um, Eternals back in the day? I wish oh, I had. Yeah. I, and I was a comic book uh, fictionado, but okay, so Eternals. We'll go back in the 70s. So, Jack, so the Eternals are these, I want to say quasi gods, like demigods, perhaps, you know, descendants of pre technology and all that. Whole nother story. Don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But each one of them are just like spectacular specimens. Okay. So, I don't know why they went left with this. You know, it's like Mm. every individual is physically like in incredible shape. They're they're all just these incredible gods. And they didn't, in my opinion, cast it that way. Mm. So, you know, we'll see how it turns out. They're going to get my... Didn't didn't Jack Kirby also create the new gods uh, for DC? So aren't they very very similar type of characters? Very much so. When when Kirby left Marvel, Mm -hmm. you know, when that big nasty split happened for the first time, you know, DC welcomed him with open arms. They said, we're going to let you do whatever you want. And so he came in and he did the new gods. He created Darkseid. Yes, Darkseid. Dark and, and, and that whole yeah. group. I, I cannot wait to see more of the new gods um, as we got a little closer. Um, Ava DuVernay is, has the new gods. Yes, yeah, Ava DuVernay. And, of course, we got a little glimpse of them in the Justice League movie and even more so in the Snyder cut, which I'm really excited. And, uh, now I gotta ask. I didn't see the new guys. Yes, the sir. sequel, the sequel to 300. Not the sequel, but what was that movie? The Immortals. Well, yeah, that wasn't a sequel. It came out right after. But I know what you're talking about. It was horrible. That sounds a lot like Eternals to me. It had a oh, great the trailer. Though. The trailer was great. Yeah, yeah, it was a good movie. I saw the movie. I mean, those guys yeah. were all shredded. So yeah, they looked like yeah. gods. <laughs> now, I'm just saying, I, you got to keep the consistency. So, you know, everyone should have that same look. And I don't know what they're going for in this casting. So, you know, 
we're going to see. We're all, they're all going to get our $15, so we're nitpicking here. <laughs> uh, unless you're in the Screen Actors Guild, you can flash a card at certain theaters and walk right in. <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, just, anyways, I, I, I believe we have Jessica Ray joining us. Uh, I think she's kind of waiting in the queue, but we'd love to have Hey, Jessica, good to have you on BTV. How are you? You said she has an Australian accent, right? I know. We're waiting for you. I want to hear this. I came to hear this. Come on. <laughs> we want to hear the we want to hear the lovely Aussie. I told you she's my, paid for. She's my I don't know what the people <laughs> That's good. That was good, Vince. <laughs> uh, another movie coming out, House of Gucci. They just released the newest trailer. Isn't that a, is that a series out? No, it's a movie with Lady film? Gaga okay. and Adam Driver and Al Pacino and a slew of Oscar-winning actors and Oscar-nominated actors. They actually, in the trailer, every actor is either credited as nominated for Oscar or has won an Oscar. <laughs> Just like, yeah. throwing it out, throwing it out there. Um, looks great, man. The trailer looks fantastic. It opens with the introduction to the family, and um, you know, you see all the wealth and style and power. And, um, I mean, gosh, it's just a, a completely amazing cast. And, of course, it's directed by Ridley Scott. And, he, as you know, he's an iconic director. Um, you have Jeremy Irons, Salma Hayek, Jared Leto. Interesting, unless Salma Hayek in two huge movies uh, for the month of November, too. So that is pretty crazy. And i um, wondering if we have Jessica. Is Jessica okay? Do we hear our audio? Can you hear her? can't hear jessica what's going on come on oh no it's not good oh no Vince, you sound just like that guy from mr in between <laughs> it's okay we'll just move on until she gets back all right so um number one movie in america no surprise dune uh spicing up the box office yeah at the Hollywood you know, that's an interesting call because with dune being on hbo max right you know, where i saw it Right, you're right. Now, there are films where mm -hmm. you're not going to want to go to your basement. You know, my, my kids are, are spoiled. They're at the point where they do not. Right. You know, if it's an MCU, if it's Matrix, they want to go to the theater. Mm -hmm. But some of them, like Dune, we took a, I watched that in the basement. Interestingly enough, I rewatched the first Dune before I saw the remake. And, you know, call me crazy, but the first, the original Dune, to me, still is the the more enjoyable film. Yeah. Wow. Oh, really? The original one. Wow. Yeah, because a lot of people say... I haven't seen it. I only hear people mocking it and saying it's not What, good. the original Dune? Yeah. Dune Sting and Kyle MacLachlan. And... They're, they're oh, saying wow. how that it's the most deserving reboot is because yeah. the, the original was that lackluster. They had to do this oh, on, big man. budget. Yeah, that's what they're saying. A lot of people... Oh, give me their name agree with them. <laughs> I might have to agree with them, but yeah, it's still pulled in 15.5 million, you know, in the box office, which is pretty good. But if you want to hear us talk about Doom, we we talk about it more in last week's show. Uh, Runner-up spot: Halloween Kills. No surprise there. It's Halloween weekend, right? And have this headset oh, microphone going on. Yes, there you go. There we, go. we got you. Yes, we got you. Oh, finally. <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce the lovely Aussie. That's right, Jessica Ray Taylor. Good Yay! to have you back on Below the Belt show. It's been a minute. It has been a quick minute and a quick second. And I'm um, so excited to be back. 
Thank you yes. for having me. I've got my drink in my hand. You've got to have your drink in hand. Ready, I'm, prob- cheers, everybody. I'm probably and... grabbing my drink at the at the, our break point. Jessica, I know you're not with us for a little while, but we're gonna get in, we're gonna get into everything being at WebFest uh, at the latter point of your stay here on BTB. We're gonna okay. talk about some stuff going on in the world of entertainment. So uh, yeah, awesome. uh, we we uh, got some uh, great stuff. All of course, we we're just talking about the box office. Um, yep. And the third, fourth, and fifth place films. No surprise there is that No Time to Die, the Bond, the latest Bond movie, Daniel Craig's final, um, final um, tackle. Yeah, and they they ended that one right. This is the first Mm -hmm. James Bond film where James dies. You know, so there's no, that's never happened. Spoiler alert. (laughs) The movie's been out for a while. Spoiler alert. (laughs) <laughs> well, well i haven't seen, seen it yet so oh god <laughs> yeah. my hero academia the fourth place film uh there's, it uh, was. there's wow. anime films are doing pretty well and uh venom let there be carnage the t- uh the fifth film now i saw a film um and i'm shocked that it was not a top top of the box office it was fantastic it's called last night in soho with one of my new favorites mm. anya taylor joy and it is a psychological thriller, and it's just insanely, insanely good, guys. Um, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, it's basically um, stars a different protagonist, and Tomas and Kenzie, who sees um, Anya Taylor Joy's character um, in flashback scenes. Basically, Thomason's character is kind of like um, a medium of sorts. She can kind of see uh, dead people. She she sees her mother. She sees um, people that have passed away, and um, it's a little crazy. And there's a little bit of a a twist that kind of just puts it over the edge. But I I should probably talk anymore because I don't want to spoil too much, like Chad did with Bond. But uh, hey, my movie was old. You talking about something now? It just it just came out, guys. Yeah, but I'm good. I, I, I seriously highly recommend Last Night in Soho. That, I, admit, well, that came out last week, right? It came out, yeah, this uh, last weekend, yeah. And it didn't make the top five. That's it. Did not make the. It did not break the top five. Yeah, I'm just like, it had wow. a big voice. Yeah, I think they bungled the marketing. I mean, I I've heard about it. I know it's Edgar Wright, but like when you just described it, I didn't. I hadn't heard any of that. I had I... no clue what it was about or anything. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're, you're, you're exactly right because you would watch the commercials and there's a big push for it, but mm-hmm. what is it about? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just <laughs> wild because this Thomason character, oh, this, sorry, this, the Thomason McKenzie actress plays a fashion designer and student who travels back to the 60s and basically inhabits the body of a nightclub singer played mm-hmm. by Anna Taylor Joy. Um, that's where they're describing it. I, I I saw it more of a visualizing, or because you know, throughout the film she's seeing people that have have died and, and passed away. So I don't know. Um, the theater back def- when you were there have a good representation in that theater. A lot of people. Go you know what's it. a thing? It's a thing that 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 <laughs> was probably reflective of the uh, the box office because mm-hmm. there was probably maybe two or three other people there. Wow. <laughs> for that film, so I'm like. I'm not sure why that film did not do well. It was certainly a lot, um, certainly more deserving and certainly deserving of the top five for sure. Don't know why, for whatever reason. Um, 
Also, one of my favorites is Amanda Seyfried. She's got a movie called A Mouthful of Air. Uh, they have a trailer for that that will be debuting, uh, actually just debuted also this weekend, too. Um, so it's another film that actually did not break uh, the top five either. Um, so a lot of competitions. They say that uh, they say that October was the highest uh, month for the box office because, you know, we're coming through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the summer kills it for the box office, but... Mm-hmm. Apparently, October was the month, guys, you know, when all the big, big movies like Dune and Bond and Halloween Kills and, and, and Venom and all these big movies come out, you know? So, um, and Bond put on ice for quite a while. That's been done for what, 12, 18 Bond months? was ready to drop mm-hmm. right before the pandemic hit. And so yeah. that's been ice for about two years, mm-hmm. which is cray cray. They made a spectacular film. So, you know, you yep. knew that one was going to open the floodgates. People are just feeling a lot more comfortable now going yeah. out the house and sitting next to other people. So, you know, it's a good thing. I look yep. forward to seeing it come all the way. Look forward to seeing it. Of course, we've got some films in production uh, going on. we got Garfield. For whatever <laughs> reason, I'm not sure why they're attacking this one again. There was a 2004 Garfield uh, that came out um, and then a 2006 sequel, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. But Chris Pratt has been set to voice uh, the cat in a new animated feature film. And I know, Vince, with two young boys, you probably get to see a lot more animated films than uh, than you're used to, I'm sure, right? We All they want to watch is Bugs Life over and over and over. So, oh, is that right? <laughs> I've been through that phase. I've been through that phase, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of good, man. You don't need to buy anything else. Exactly. You wrap that up for a couple of years. Yeah, I've been yeah. through that phase. That's good. You mean you're, they're not excited about Paw Patrol? They're actually getting a sequel? Somehow yeah. we've avoided Paw Patrol, but we'll get to it, I'm sure. Okay. We'll to it. okay. Yeah. Do you it's know there's a knockoff called play. Puppy Dog Pals? They like that. Yeah, Puppy Dog Pals is. They I like don't know what's it's a oh. knockoff. Is that a knockoff? Wow, you don't have no kids, so how do you know what? Is that, is that uncle, the one where like Kim Kardashian's much. one of the voices? Yes, is Kim she? Kardashian. Yeah. Didn't know that. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, she is. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> why I've been tuning it out. It's like <laughs> I wanted to listen to it. Right. Yeah. Her little voice. Favorite, any yeah. favorite uh, animated films that you enjoy, Jessica? And for any particular reason? oh gosh uh you know what i'm tough on the animation i don't really know i don't really have any favorites for that to be honest i got a recommendation for you i mean you know lion king is the ultimate like is there anything else that's like more ultimate than lion king i mean for me personally i don't know well now are we talking about the original one are we talking about the one that just oh uh, yeah the original the original yeah, 100% the original. The new one yeah. was actually pretty damn good, too, even though it was, you know, it's CG, but very realistic looking animals in the jungle. So, yeah, I would love them actually like talking about remakes. I would really love to see Return of Oz remade. Ooh, Return of Oz. Just in general. Return like of Oz. Has anyone sequel. seen Return of Oz? <laughs> no. It's yeah. the sequel to Wizard of Oz. And it's the sequel evil. to Wizard of Oz, yeah. It's like, it's like nightmarish. There's all these like crazy characters. I would personally love to see a remake of Return of Oz. Okay. Well, I know that they're tackling Wicked. Um, oh, yeah. I'm super excited about that. So, which is a great Broadway, yes. a good Broadway play, but we're going to get a live action movie uh, for Wicked. So that's going to be really, really cool. 
Um, let's see what else we got in production. We have John Krasinski's untitled fantasy comedy for Paramount. And also stars Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, who is awesome. You might know her from Fleabag, where she earned multiple Emmy nominations. Um, she'll be in that film. Um, in addition, um, this is one that we've talked about on the show, but they they just added two more big names to this movie called Oppenheimer. This is a drama about the development of the atomic bomb. Hmm. Um, already announced um, was um, Emily Blunt, uh, but now they just added Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. For Oppenheimer? Yeah, for Oppenheimer, yeah. And this is uh, going to be directed by Christopher Nolan. Nice. So we're talking about a major, major film, guys. So that should be really, really cool. That's like a, a fifty to sixty million dollar budget before you even start shooting with just yes. those names. With Jeez. those names, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, but you know, it. I think it has, you know, all the makings for a really, really cool film about this enigmatic man who must risk destroying the world in order to save it. Wow. Okay. And it has a 100 million, tagline. 100 million production budget, Vince. So yes. Oh, that's it. Wow. Yeah. Only a hundred. Yeah. I would have guessed two, but okay. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not being facetious. Yeah. Those names. Okay. Pretty good. Um, And then they also have something called the American film market. So the American film market is where they propose uh, films that are about to go to production to try to, secure you know a studio distribution um for set films um one particular film is the biopic of mccarthy um if anyone's heard of uh joseph mccarthy he's a republican senator uh who became the most powerful and feared man in the u.s culminating in a dramatic and absolute ruin uh, it's going to star Michael Shannon and Amelia Clark, Daenerys mm. from Game of Thrones, who's obviously one of my favorites. Um, and, great actor. And Michael Shannon is fantastic. So um, apparently McCarthy has been compared to Hitler. Because I actually had... worked with Michael Shannon. Um, you worked with on... Michael Shannon? Really? Yeah, I worked with him on the Wolves feature. Oh, fun. That he was, yeah, he was producing. And um, yeah, so I was on set for that in the Bronx for like a couple of weeks. And I got to go to the red carpet and stuff. Yes. Mox Vincent, he actually had like a speaking role. He's one of my very good friends. Um, but it was really brilliant to see how Michael worked on set. You know, he's very oh, cool. kind of like an interesting character. He's very, you know, behind the scenes, but very like hands on and, you know, just kind of interesting to to watch. All right. While he well, works. Yeah. Curious to see uh, how this film takes off. Um, I'm working alongside the Mother of Dragons. <laughs> so we'll see. Another uh, film at the uh, American Film Market is one with Ryan Phillippe, Kate Bosworth, Ving Rhames. Uh, for a thriller Ooh, called The Locksmith. Yeah. Hmm. So it basically follows an expert locksmith fresh out of prison after a job gone bad, tries to work his way back into the life of his daughter and ex-girlfriend, who is now a police detective. Um, so interesting. Um, we'll have to see, uh, check out that one when that starts. Um, and uh, this is interesting because... Um, Ice Cube actually 
declined uh, working on a movie called Oh Hell No, which basically is the title. He basically said, Oh Hell No, I ain't working on that film. Um, and the reason why, guys, is that he declined to get vaccinated. Um, so basically, um, he would have co-starred with Jack Black. It was a comedy and apparently the studio required all the actors to get vaccinated, but Ice Cube wasn't having it. Um, and he basically, um, because the whole cast was required to be vaccinated. So I'm uh, curious on everyone's thoughts on that. I mean, um, obviously we're in the, <laughs> we're still in this pandemic and uh, a lot of studios are requiring um, people that I'm going to say no so. comment. You no have comment. no comment, Jessica? No okay. comment. <laughs> this is Chad. <laughs> do, do you have I mean, any you Kyrie Irving didn't want to get vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to get vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers got some bullshit, though, because he he lied, man. Well, he one thing not to do it. Immunized. Yeah. Play when I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taping for Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying, he said he was immunized. What was he referring to? His mumps vaccine when he was a baby or some shit? No, he's, he's if I'm if I'm telling the story correctly, his fiance mm. does like some holistic medicine, I think. And then that was what he was saying. So it was like a play on Mars, but. Okay. I just don't, I mean, being on sets, you know how to right. tell. And I'm sure you all know. At this Netflix, point, it seems, HBO, it seems so standard. Yeah. Ice Cube can do what he wants. You know, he's, he's rich. He can do what he wants. Um. The Aaron Rodgers one, though, I'm like, you hosted Jeopardy. Wouldn't that have been, I would have thought by that point they would have had mandates. And he gets like right up in contestants' faces. Like right. that, that one pisses me off. But hey, if you don't want to do it and you don't want the money, I'd take the money and I'd do it. But hey, that's right. But you it's up to Ice Cube, I guess. Uh, I guess, Chad, uh, yeah, if, if you require that for uh, the realtor, uh, you could knock Ice Cube off the list for the film, Chad. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? Ice Cube's <laughs> doing okay with money. So. Yeah. He's <laughs> All right. My favorite fandom is Star Wars. Everyone knows on Disney Plus, they just dropped the book of Boba Fett. Holy F. Wow. I am so excited. This is basically The Mandalorian 2.5. Um, because you're going to have a lot of the same characters. Of course, you have Boba Fett, Tamara mm-hmm. Morrison, Fennec Shan, playing by Ming-Na Wen. Um, from Pittsburgh. Big shout out to her. Ming-Na Wen's from, you, from one of your hometowns, right? Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, and we saw that, um, that um, scene at the end credits of the final episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, where basically... Boba Fett and Fennec Shand um, infiltrate Jabba's palace. They kill Bib Fortuna, who's taken over Jabba the Hutt's throne. And uh, in the trailer, we got to see them dealing with all the aftermath of that, basically fighting a lot of Jabba's uh, loyal servants, I guess, and warriors. Um, And, of course, having meetings with some of the very familiar aliens. And if you saw Return of the Jedi... It just was really nostalgic to see like the hammerhead and prune face and like all these like iconic, iconic um, aliens, alien species that was in um, Return of the Jedi come to life. And of course, you know, they're, you know, it's a little bit of a better uh, the special effects have improved. Uh, the costuming and the makeup has improved. So 
it's going to be quite the difference. Um, did I either anyone get to see the Book of Boba Fett trailer? Who's your favorite uh, character there, Al? I mean, you know, I have I have an allegiance to the Mandalorian <laughs> warriors. Um, so whether it's the Mandalorian, whether it's Boba Fett, I I you know, I mean, I got to go with the protagonist. You know, I got to yeah. go with the protagonist. I mean, uh, um. I mean, obviously, mine's Yoda. It has to be. <laughs> now, um, whether whether maybe Yoda makes an appearance in this book of Boba Fett remains to be seen. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, the trailer was just so good. I did like the trailer. Now I'm very ignorant. I saw the pilot of Mandalorian. I've missed most of the new Star Wars. My only question is, why isn't this like Mandalorian season four? Why why is this a whole separate show? It's a separate show season because three, of, right season well, three. The, the, yeah, oh, season three, of course, is, is in production. Of course, it's as an Emmy darling, as you know. I mean, it was crazy how Star Wars was nominated for an Emmy. But secondly, um, it's not going to focus on Mando's character, the Mandalorian. It's going to focus on Boba Fett. But Pedro Pascal is in it, right? Pedro Pascal's not confirmed to be in this one. But he, this, so who's in the? Who are we looking at in the so trailer? The person we're looking at the trailer is Boba Fett, who is Tamora Morrison. And if you watch The Mandalorian, you know that Boba Fett does return. All right, I guess I got to see more Mandalorian. But there's a scene at the table when I saw Tamura Mur- Morrison, and yes. I could have sworn it was Pedro Pascal, and that was his voice. <laughs> I don't think it was. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and if Pedro Pascal does appear on the Book of Boba Fett, that would be um, they'll be awesome. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll make an appearance. You know, um, uh, but that's on Disney Plus. Over on Netflix, Zack Snyder's new feature called Rebel Moon is his next film that's in production. And he just attached Sofia Batella to this film. And as you know, he's got a slew of movies on Netflix. Of course, he had Army of the Dead, Army of Thieves, and he's going to do an anime spinoff called Army of the Dead Lost Vegas. And a North Norse mythology series, Twilight of the Gods. So... Some really, really cool stuff happening um, with the Snyder universe. Um, but I'm not sure if Rebel Moon is going to link up to Army of the Dead or not. Um, um, wasn't really um, revealed um, then. But uh, if you don't know who Sophia Batella is, she was in The Kingsman, The Mummy, Atomic Blonde. Um, she was also in the the Star Trek movies. I said, "There's another Kingsman coming out." There is another Kingsman coming out. Were you a fan of that franchise? I like the first one. Yeah. Um, second one, not as much, but I like the first one. Good original concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a pretty amazing. I mean, uh, obviously the church sequence. I've watched that like 20 times. What? 20 the, the, times? Well, it's Leonard Skinner, and it. Colin Firth somehow pulling that off. It's just such oh, okay. a good sequence. <laughs> That's, yeah, awesome. that's crazy. Um, all right. Netflix has a movie called The Outlaws. This is interesting. Um, do, do, uh, for Chad and Vince, uh, for your in-laws, are there any particular in-laws that maybe, you know, you might not what want to. All right, well, maybe you should say it on this I'm format. Kidding. But <laughs> anyways, maybe you shouldn't reveal that on the show. But anyways, uh, this is all about evil in-laws. Um, be- <laughs> evil as in funny evil or evil as in I'm going to try to kill you evil? The latter. Oh, uh, wow. So basically a bank is held up by these ghost bandits during the week of the wedding. And he blames the in-laws not liking him 
to you know not ha- so the wedding doesn't occur basically so <laughs> so basically the bank is held up by these ghost bandits during his wedding week uh <laughs> and he believes his future in-laws are the ones that they're the outlaws so um That's really but it, cool <laughs> and it's under That's such adam- a great idea <laughs> and it's under right? adam sandler's happy madison production company stars adam divine Alan Barkin, Nina Dobrev, Michael Rooker, Richard Kind, Lil Rel Howery. Lil oh, Rel. Okay. Yeah, Lil Rel. So is it a little comedy? Is it supposed it's to be a comedy, funny? yeah. Cool. Yeah, so uh Did yeah. you see him in did you see Free Guy? I you know what? That was one movie that eluded me with Ryan Reynolds. One you needed to see. Yeah. And I went with the lowest of expectations. Just taking my kids to a film. That movie was great. I have not seen that one. Vince, have you seen it? I did not see Free Guy. I saw, what was, oh, Vacation Friends, which is not bad for a Hulu movie or whatever it was. Okay. That was Lil Rel and John Cena. Yes. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Yes. Cena's come a long way. You got to give John Cena some props. All right. Over on Netflix series, um, we have The Three Body Problem. So this is by the... The showrunners of Game of Thrones, D.B. Weiss, um, David Benioff, um, and they co-created the series with Netflix, and um, the and it's based on a book, a Chinese book series of oh, the same name. Fantastic book! Don't now, Chad, can you tell us a little bit about the plot of the books? You know what? It's okay. It's it's three books, and I'm still in the middle of the first one, but you know, I don't want to spoil it, but it is fantastic. And you just got to think, what would happen if we knew for a fact that there was an alien race coming here that had more power than us, could easily conquer us, but it's going to take them five years to get here because they're coming from, you know, thousands. A galaxy far, far away. The universe. We knew for a fact, we identified They're coming. Sorry, my dog's going to make noise with this toy. They're coming. They have no power. And that's that. Now, what happens in the middle? Between now and that definitive five-year time when they are definitely going to arrive. And you don't – it doesn't open that way. So you got to get to that point. Okay. But what happens is – and you could see it. You could see humanity reacting like this and mass. And that is what makes the book. They called it like one of the most frightening science fiction books of all time. Wow. And that's what makes what we do is the scary thing. Wow. And it's crazy. Wow. So all the preparation in that interim, basically, or, before or, the arrival. Lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Wow. It's got a hell of a cast, guys. So we got John Bradley. It's amazing. We got John Bradley from Game of Thrones. We have, um, yeah, who's known as um, Samuel Tarly. Uh, We have um, Liam Cunningham from Game of Thrones. Of course, they're going to put some Game of Thrones actors in there. Of course, he was known as Sir Davos. Um, We got the beautiful Isaac Gonzalez in it. We have, um, oh, wow, we have the one and only Benedict Wong. 
so yeah, it's a heck of a cast um, they've assembled. From Mr. Robot, this. right? Well, well, Benedict Wong was known for Doctor Strange, Ryan the Last Dragon. Okay, okay, uh, okay, I got you. Nine Days. He was uh, Wong in the... Uh, <laughs> Benedict Mr. Wong Robot played Wong. He utilized that role in Shang-Chi. Yeah, I loved. Yeah, Mr. Robot was awesome. I loved that series. Yeah, they were left in the last season. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. All of well, it, loved all of it. Well, every you, single, every did single. Did you not episode. like the last season, Chad, of that series? <laughs> I, I just thought it was. I mean, it, it totally. The ending, especially, I'm like, what? You know, all this time you're so deeply invested in these characters. Right. Now I'm not gonna spoil it again, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> We've been dropping all kinds of spoilers oh, here tonight, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> uh, over on Netflix, we got the Avatar: The Last Airbender live action series. What's that come out? That should have been out. Yeah, that's um still in production. Movie. Still in production. They haven't announced a release date, but they got Daniel Day Kim joining mm-hmm. the series as Fire Lord Ozai. Fire Lord Ozai. Fire so, Lord. Okay. Yeah, so that should be pretty cool. For you Witcher fans, season two trailer of The Witcher, uh, starring Henry Cavill, um, just dropped. Looks pretty dope. And yes, yes, I still have yet to watch The Witcher. Um, some people like, like to compare it to Game of Thrones, and I was a huge Game of Thrones fan. Um, Chad or Vince, have either of you seen The Witcher? Yeah, I saw the pilot. It was yeah, it was okay. I'd watch. You more. gave it a shot, but you weren't yeah. like right, right. It was same here, man. It, I was like. Right, but it didn't. There's so much out right now. You really got to be. You got to be exceptional, right? I Squid Games, you're just like. Which we talked about last week. Squid Games was ridiculous. Holy shit! Jessica, have I still haven't seen it? it. Oh my god! Uh, I need. I haven't seen Squid Games yet, but I heard it's very. What's the word? Male domineering. Male Male, oh, really? uh, like misogynistic misogynistic thank you it was misogynistic perfect. yeah which is very similar to being male domineering yeah well misogynistic, I, w- without yeah. spoiling it they, they did they did allude to men being stronger in certain competitions mm-hmm. if that's mm-hmm. what you're alluding to um yeah well but more misogynistic in the way that it's written and the script and it's very okay. like yeah yeah. Because but I didn't I, I saw yeah, so I saw the previews and stuff, but I have not um yet to watch the series. But yeah. I have friends that are like, I watched it, I started having nightmares and I'm like, Oh it, it's one of those shows. It's so powerful. It's is it really? the bloodiest is it like that? the bloodiest version of Hunger Games. Like it, getting it, into your nightmares, like rah. is it that gritty? The visuals, I mean, see, the thing is, the, it's very similar to the Hunger Games. The Hunger mm-hmm. Games is a big competition where people die. Um, <laughs> and that, that's not spoiling Squid Game. Now look, look at our spoiling. That's not, that's not spoiling spoiling. I don't think it's spoiling it. I think everybody it's knows that it's something it. like everybody dies or, you know. That's oh. the premise. That's the whole plot. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, Final yeah. Destination, everybody dies. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the nightmares are stemming from some of the visuals. Okay. Because yeah. Hunger, Hunger Games doesn't get into those visuals. But has so anybody seen Vikings? Is Vikings just as crazy and, and wild? Oh my lord, Vikings. Hell yeah. yeah. Is it? That's intense. Like they have some really intense like physical harm scenes, scenes and that has given you nightmares as well? Uh 
close to not giving me nightmares, but okay. definitely stuff that I can't, I couldn't eat while I was watching it. Or I'd be like, <gasps> oh you gosh. know, I'd be finding myself really, you know, I was so invested in Vikings. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's I've I seen every seen single yet. episode. No. I've seen every single season. It's I, and I love, I love all of it. It's very, um, Game of Thrones, but like less soft porn. Okay. <laughs> right? Because like Game, Game of Thrones, yeah, Game of Thrones yeah. is like soft porn, basically. <laughs> but well. for me, Vikings is more about, um, you know, you just get invested in the characters. You care about the characters. So whenever something yeah. happens to one of them, it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's kind of how you feel about Squid Games, because you kind of. They, they develop the characters very well. And you get and, invested. And you and get you invested. Want you want to know how they do in this. Yes, you want to know how these characters do in the game. And it, it's just wild. So, yeah, highly recommended. Vince, maybe next time we'll, we'll get to talk about it after you see it. But it's, it's just insane. I mean, it's basically one of those shows that I didn't want to stop watching. It was that it just really kept me going. Um, this, this actual series actually has potential for... for that squid games feel it's called revenge incorporated basically it's uh, a secret underground company that specializes in revenge so you can hire somebody if someone you know if your wife or husband cheated on you you can get revenge or something like mm-hmm. that um um and it's actually going to be produced by dark horse entertainment which is um a production arm of dark horse dark horse comic books um and uh, and apparently it's not based on a Dark Horse comic book. It's actually an original idea. Surprise. I mean, everything is kind of based on some kind of source material. So when I hear things like Squid Game and, and a show like this, that's not, you know, that's an original screenplay, original script that doesn't come from any book or a comic book, it's kind of refreshing to hear, you know? Are you familiar um, with Philadelphia? Philadelphia with Tom Hanks? No, no, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a comic book I hear is incredible. Right. And I think it's get I think there's a production coming behind that. Well. Has that been greenlit for a series yet? I think it's coming. I mean, that's the word. It's, the a, it's dystopian how the Philadelphia becomes the like the survival city, basically. Well, that's where the or, the origin is, but the source, so I don't spoil mm-hmm. anything, the source of the vampirism is what is mm-hmm. the the crazy unique twist on this it's the source just goes way back and it is um how, how it came to america was insane but once it's there mm-hmm. it's nuts in the um in the comic book like the vampires attack a drake concert and they just mm-hmm. there's just so many of them they okay. just drake and everybody else <laughs> so wow crazy man that so is wild so we're gonna put a little pause on um entertainment um well it's still entertainment but we're going to talk about this incredible web fest uh, that showcases the best in independent web series. It's called Baltimore Next Media Web Fest with our, with our colleague and friend, Elena Moscat, who created the festival. Um, I actually work with Elena Moscat on Click on This Show. Jessica Ray Taylor, who's with us, has also hosted for Click on This Show. She's also a producer of the BNM Web Fest. Um, Jessica, let's talk a little bit about this festival because um, yes, every year I would, 
It just, just seems Every year to be gets incredible. better and better. I feel like also, yeah. yeah. I mean, what did you think about the submissions this year? Like, were you so, impressed? Yeah, so I'm, I'm honored to be one of the judges. I, <gasps> I've been, um, mm-hmm. I got a lot more in the docket still. I want to finish this by a Thursday deadline. But uh, some of the... Um, some of the series have really blown me Thursday's away. Thursday's tomorrow, by the way, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we are celebrating our fifth year anniversary for Baltimore Next Media Web Festival. And I'm so super excited. We're showcasing the yes. best national and uh, international digital me- media. And uh, it's about a five-day festival. We have two days that are going to be online, which is online Zooms. You can follow the website. There's a website. There's also a Facebook page that we have Baltimore Next Media Web Festival um, and we are just like so excited to share this content with everybody we have um, all types of panels going on so we have virtual screenings um, and we also have a new page which is uh, bnmwebfest.square it's a sp spark sorry sparkfest.live and that's where everybody can like watch it free um and so that's where all of our kind of virtual experiences are going to be we have some live panels going on um so also we have over so 100 selected projects 15 different countries this year 15 different Um, countries yeah 15 yeah um yeah so we got thrillers comedies podcasts music videos Features, short films, animation. Yes, there is an animation. It's called The Feast, feast. which is kind of um, a little bit violent. Like, a little bit like R rated violence. I was like, for a children's animation, they had these little (laughs) stick figures doing all these crazy things. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, You know what's interesting? I actually, when I was looking at that particular short uh, film, The Feast, I was like, why would you spoil in the description that it's about cannibalism? Why don't you take that out yeah. and let that be the shock moment that the viewer is seeing these stick figures like eat each other alive. But I it was mean, very the kind of like the night you know, before Christmas type vibe. Like it they, was very like that. that yeah, Christmas, you could like say a night that. before Christmas Carol type that, animation. Yeah. Um, and it had really great music. I think everybody that was involved yeah. with this project, they went uh, above yeah. and beyond to I build know, it. I know the guy yeah. involved. I got to throw him out. Zeb Blair. Oh, yeah. He's an incredible, incredible videographer and filmmaker. He's actually done some video work for Click on This Show. Yep. Um, what other favorites do we have on there? Um, I, I love. So can I keep um, going with my little plug? Is that okay, Al? I've got yeah, like a little okay. read plug. Is yes. that all right? So, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so Elena Moscat is obviously our sole festival director, um, and we have our assistant producers also Adrian Nelson. Um, her credits include House of Cards, Four Seasons Coach, uh, Rustin Dialects for um, I think Lars. Mickelson and co starred in, in season three, um, played Vera Mills in, in season two of Amazon Prime's Thesbian as well. So, and and that's actually a part of our festival this year and was a part of our festival last year as well, Thesbian. Um, she's a two time Helen Hayes Award nominee. 
uh, Arena Stage, Theatre Alliance, and uh, Billions. So just like reading out a little bit of the credits, Simi Terrell is an actor and producer. His credits include The Last Supper, Reoccurrence, and Homeland. Latest works include the 48-hour film festival project Stuck at Home and Lonely Unicorn. He's also the producer of Semi Wrong Productions. Uh, Desi Velez, acting credits include supporting roles on TV series, October Road, Veep, The Haunting, Oz, Hack, uh, Matlock, and we love Desi. Also, can be seen at the premiere of the Macrovision films of Harvey. Yes, that's her latest oh, wow. big thing that she we was love Desi in. Velez. Desi's Did been she go to? She went to LA, right? She was in LA for the, the Harvey yeah. Uh, premiere, yeah. Yeah, for the red carpet and stuff. Yeah. We got to see all of that, which is super yes. exciting. Um, what else do I have here? Okay, so we've got join us, tune in from wherever you are around the world. We have our first online virtual day tomorrow, so we want to welcome everybody. We have the welcome at 2 p.m., and that's going to be all of our panelists, um, some of our hosts. And uh, then we have a 3 p.m. live performance, music performance by a beautiful YouTube singer-songwriter. Her name is Ada Pasternak. Is that, yes. Am I saying that correctly? I, I know Ada. She's amazing. She's very amazing. So you, when did you meet Ada? Ada uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I actually Ooh. checked out one of the shows. Yeah, she, uh, we actually met at a Starbucks in Los Angeles. I was on my way to a, a SAG screening. Screen Actors Guild screening of a, a series. And so is that I, how she knew about us? No, I think she's actually friends with Adrian. I think that's how she got linked up with us. Small yeah. world. Small it's a very world. small world. Yeah. 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 Um, what's the website? What's the what's what's the site? What's the link? Yes. So it's www.bnmwebfest.com is our website. Um, I also didn't even credit myself as one of the producers. That's horrible, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about myself. You guys can Google me. I'm on the <laughs> website. You we can also add me on Jayray underscore Hwood, which is my Instagram. So I'll do a little plug for that. Follow, follow Jessica me on Instagram. Um, follow Jessica Ray. But yes, so 3 p.m. We have that amazing live music video, Feeling Good. Um, Ada's been featured in videos with piano around the world and postmodern jukebox culminating about 12 million views on YouTube, wow. which is really incredible. Awesome. And she has about 3 million streams on Spotify. So that's super exciting. Uh, what else about Ada? You could follow her. She, We have her all of her links. So HTTPS dot um, dot dot hash, like those little slash slash. <laughs> AdaPasternak.com slash. Um, and then basically, yes, yeah, so you can look out for her cover of Every Day, which is dropping on Netflix movie Love Hard, November 5th, which is oh, tomorrow. Nice. So she's dropping that on Netflix movie. Yes, <laughs> check that out. Um, Friday, November 5th, which is tomorrow, we have our nine, um, sorry, Friday, not tomorrow. Friday, November 5th, so I'm just going through chronological orders. Uh, we have 9 a.m. the Writer's Zoom, which will go live on our virtual platform, which is the w, the HTTPS slash slash bnmwebfest.sparkfest.live slash en slash index dot 
HTML. I'm saying that out loud for all the viewers that are listening in, but for anybody that wants to see it, it's going the that link is going to be on our Facebook page. It's right. also on our website as well. Exactly. That's probably a little yeah. easier. <laughs> so yes. So we have our 12 p.m. writers panel and uh moderating is moi. I will be moderating Ooh, that. Yeah. Uh we have a writer filmmaker Lisa Russell. Um, and she's an Asian-American Emmy Award-winning filmmaker for her short poetry film, Biracial Hair. For her mm. short poetry film, Biracial... Yeah, so um, Academy, Nicole Q, F, screenwriter for her first play, A Revolutionary Act. Uh, she's also a UNNGO artist curator and a three-times TED uh, Ted's talk speaker, Fulbright specialist and founder, create um, and of Create 2030, whose work lies at the intersection of arts, social justice, and global development. So that's a little plug for Lisa. And we also have a producer, who Mark Henry Johnson, who will <coughs> be joining us for the screenwriters panel as well. So he was obviously born and, and raised in D.C. in Baltimore, and he's a proud member of the WGA and DGA. Yes. He's written, directed, produced, and executive produced television and films for Michael Moore, Spike Lee, Mario Van Pebbles, Danny Glover, David Simon, and George Pelicanos, yes, winning awards ranging from a Peabody to the Dramatic Jury Prize at Sundance. Ooh. So these are my contacts. I'm very happy to do that plug. Um, 2 p.m. We have a networking and marketing with Ermain. Uh, um, um, is it Ermain or Ermain? I'm very bad at pronunciation because I'm Australian. <laughs> but you get a pass. You get a pass. Ermain Barati, yes. Um, so he'll be our panelist, um, our featuring panelist. He's the man in, to know in Los Angeles. He's been called Hollywood's top networker by the Huffing Post. Um, he'll be able to give us tips on how to network uh, with the best and to get our brand seen in front of those who count. That's very so important. So that's a really important thing, yeah, for yes. everybody that's kind of tuning in. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a creator, if you're a writer, if you're a director, if you're an actor. These amazing panelists that we have are giving up their time. They're giving up their professional energy to us. They're giving us tips. Um, they're, you know, helping us and they're kind of like lifting up and building our festival. We will just want to create a big network this year. So we want everybody to share on social media, follow on social media. Um, and then 4 to 6 p.m. we have that drinking happy hour. Ooh, creators. That's one of my favorite um, things to do. Oh, and that's going to be hosted by you. <laughs> oh, I'm hosting something? Yeah, you're hosting know. Creators Happy Hour. Um, and that's that's you. And is it Emily or Emily? Emily, that's Friday night, right? Emily Hagen, yes. Yeah, and Emily so, Hagen from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, right? Yeah, and so it says during this session, we'll start off with our podcasters, which is your Below the Belt show. Yes. Um. And yes, yeah, so that is Friday, Saturday. I'm I'm just gonna shorten this down. We have the red carpet, obviously, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. We have the costume person, all of that stuff you can see online. Um, so it's eight dollars online and ten dollars at the door. 
And these are our screening sessions. So our list of screenings will be coming soon. You'll be able to check that out on the website. We'll have all of our live Zoom links um, available. If you can't make it in person, we're going to say tune in on our lives because we'll be sharing these Zooms via Facebook Live. And we are so excited to announce some of our selected directors, writers, nominees. Um, we will be live, you know, in Baltimore on, yes. on Saturday and on Sunday, we will be live on the red carpet. Um, so on the Saturday, we have Let's Talk About the Spot with web series pioneer Scott Zacharin, who's going to talk about the spot and the first, um, the first web series. He'll be joined by veteran actor and co-spot of the spot, Tim Abel. Did I say his name right? I no? think you did. I think you did. Okay. Because in Australia, I would have said Tim Abel. <laughs> but it's Tim Abel, so we're good. So um, <laughs> Scott Zacharin is the creator of Online Entertainment Network's web series director and transmedia producer. Scott has recently produced a podcast called Digital Sky and live action parody series called Superhero Diaries. And so we have all of this on our website, guys. Tim Abel is an American actor, former Army Ranger. He's appeared in over 50 movies and TV shows, including Desert Thunder. Um, the substitute failure is not an option. Curse of the Komodo, Super Shock and Sniper Special Ops. So Tim was one of the co-stars of The Spot and the very first web series. He was also in Trouble Creek, which is another award-winning web series. For our Actors Roundtable, which will be at 4 p.m. on Saturday, we have actress Charisse. Is it Charisse or Carice? Uh, Charisse, I believe. Thank you, Charisse. Vig Gosh, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Vujkek is a V-U-J-C-E-C -C. Gosh, I really have to go over how to, how to say names I don't but, even know how to pronounce that one So I didn't want to do that justice either <laughs> But let's just call her Therese V for the meantime Yeah, Therese V, cool <laughs> it, um, She's an award-winning American-born actress Writer, producer, and director of... Um, Mediterranean Descent with a career spanning from Broadway television and original content creation as a storyteller and filmmaker. She has a passion for narratives, you know, highlighting dynamic and powerful, vulnerable, multi-faced female leads, which is so important right now with our hashtag MeToo movement going on. Um, Cherise created, wrote, executive produced, co-directed and leads the cast in the international award-winning digital series, The Pepper Project. We also have actor Wes Johnson, who's an American actress, cartoonist, yes. comedian, voice artist. You know Wes. We love Wes. Yeah. He's going to be in Netflix. So awesome. Don't look up. Don't look up on Netflix. What happens? He's going to be in a show, a uh, film called Don't Look Up on Netflix. Oh, awesome. That's a good yeah. book. Good. Yeah. The Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and to help us celebrate our fifth anniversary, we have 22 brilliantly featured actors who will be joining us for our in-person red carpet, online Zoom, and panel industry talks. And that list can be seen on the website. I'm not going to read that out. It's way too many people. Um, 
We have our selections and nominees that are going to be up on the website as well. Very soon, that's got all of their credits. That's got our, the, all of the directors, the writers, all of the credits. Everything can be seen online. Uh, okay, so Sunday, November 7th, we are in-person day again. You can check out our website. You can check out the Facebook page. We will be live. We have 1 p.m. inspiring black voices across digital platforms. And this will be hosted by Dennis L.A.White and Trey Chani is a panelist of ours, which is a yes. friend of ours as well, That's right? That's right. Trey Chaney, HBO's The Wire, Saints and Sinners, and more recently, We Own the City. Yeah, We Own yes. the City. And uh, we also have four of Trey's co-stars from Bounce TV, Saints and Sinners, actress Reese Odom. She's also known for Vampire Diaries. Uh, Dawn Halfkenny, Tales Atlanta. And Patrice Fisher, Zane's Sex Chronicles and Charmed. So we also, uh, Trey will actually also be performing for our festival and he will be presenting some of our awards for our award ceremony. Awesome. Which is really awesome. That's the big night. Sunday's a big night. Yes, will Sunday's be revealed. a big, big night. And then we have a 3 p.m. web series, Pioneer. Um, uh, we have, hold on, yep. We have a pitch fest at 4 p.m. as well. So everybody tune in for the pitch fest. And then 7.30 p.m. on the Sunday is going to be our award ceremony. And 9 p.m. is our red carpet and our press time. All right. It's a huge. So that's huge... the spiel. Oh, actually, sorry. That's a lot don't going forget. on. Don't forget, on Monday, which is very important, and Adrian will kill me if I forget to include this, um, we have our LGBTQ panel with Anise uh, Sheath, who is a singer, actress, producer, transgender activist. And uh, we also have Desi Bing, who is going to be a part of that as well, who is an actress and a playwright. And here we go. Who else we have lady dane figura edidi which is really awesome uh we also have and i think ricky raymond's going to be our, our moderator for that empowering and celebrating lgbtq and voices right who else and john hudson odom we have as well and his tv credits include lovecraft country chicago pd nbc um He's a three-time nominee and recipient of the Helen Hayes Awards. All right. So there you go. We have an amazing wow. panel. And we just have such amazing credits this year. We have so many people that are joining us, professionals around the world. Um, and we are so excited. We're so blessed and grateful to have everybody joining us and obviously to have hosts such as you, Al, as well, on our red carpet and also and does being that mean, a judge. Does that mean Jessica will be in attendance? Uh, possibly. I don't want to say yes yet oh, online. All right. But okay. there is a possibility you all can right. see me. plug for half an hour and then say you're not going to show up. No, no, I'll be, be there. Okay, you got to be there. Okay. I'll, all right, all right. I will. Okay, non-disclosure. I'll be there on Saturday. I just don't want my fans following me there. Oh, <laughs> come on. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Any press is good press, sweetie. 
Any breasts yes. is good breasts, honey. All right. That's what Kim Kardashian says. Jessica, so. wow. We thank you so much for joining us here on Below. Thanks the for everybody. Thank you Being for your well I've already judged some great, great films already. Yeah. One of my favorites. A den, uh, short-term sentence, rather, uh, was mm-hmm. one of the strong ones. Blackout City was a lot of fun. Um, Brazzy Jazzy was a, was a joy. Um, just to name a few that have been really good. Um, but yes, uh, thank you so much, Jessica. Um, so we're going to take thank a classic break as we say goodbye to Jessica. And I think, Chad and Vince, if you got a few more minutes in you, we're just going to wrap up everything and close out tonight's show. But let's take a classic cut break, if we could. Um, so... This um, classic cut, um, you know, we're still on the Halloween, you know, spirit, I guess, so to speak. So uh, the the classic cut will be followed by a very brief interview with the Monster Squad cast, uh, which is none other than um, Andre Gower and Ryan Lambert. Um, But preceding that, the classic cut, I had to think of a song with monster in the title. So I thought, hmm, kind of Googled it. I was like. This is one of my favorite guilty pleasure bands, Paramore. They actually have a song called Monster. So we're going to play that track, uh, the interview, and we'll be back right after Classic Cuts. Okay, thank you so much, guys, for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye, pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Below the Belt. Bye. All right, so let's go say goodbye to the one and only Chad Morton. Thank you so much. For joining us also, you're also leaving the building, the virtual meeting. Thank you so much. But myself, Vince Eisenstein, we'll be back to wrap up BTB. So we'll see you soon. Thanks, you, Chad. Thank you, man. Peace. All right. All right, guys, we're here with two incredible actors. From Monster Squad, we have Ryan Lambert, we have Andre Gower. How has your Monster Mania experience been so far, guys? Oh, it's been great to be back. You know, it's, uh, this was actually uh, our first convention way back in 2007, oh. uh, and I've done it once before, so it's great to come back to, you know, kind of Philadelphia area. And, and, and we, we've actually seen a ton of people that we saw way back then, too, so that's always awesome. Awesome. How about you? How's the experience been for you doing the con circuit again? Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. I'm having the worst time of my entire life. Sorry to hear. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been fantastic. It's good. It's nice. Well, first of all, it's nice to be out and about in the world. And uh, it's nice to uh, get back and see uh, some fans we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And, of course, uh, during the pandemic, we haven't had cons in so long. It's really refreshing to see some normalcy here in this con. Like, a le- little less mask-wearing than uh, normal. Th- that's right. Just, uh, you know, there's always masks at cons. Right. <laughs> you know, now there's right. just a few different kinds. But uh, right. it is. Like Ryan said, it's nice to be back out in the world, uh, get to connect with people again that you haven't seen in a while or new people, mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit of normalcy. Yes. yes. You know, it's, uh, it's, that, it's good. That is a great thing. Of course, uh, Monster Squad is um, an iconic cult classic film uh, in the horror genre. And I was curious, I know I read an article that they didn't want to pursue a sequel or a series because they felt it was too similar for It, uh, Stephen King's It, that is. I don't know of any legitimacy to that point, but what are your thoughts on a possible reboot or sequel? And have you heard anything, any rumblings? 
Uh, haven't heard anything. Okay. I'm sure at some point in time, whether we're alive or not, it'll happen. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's there, the rumbles are from fans, and that, yeah. that's what we like to hear. Uh, they they want it. They want to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what it is, and uh, and how uh, it goes about. Really? Yeah. Now, would you reprise your role if asked, both of you? Well, I think we both would if it was uh, obviously the uh, a good story and the right people involved in it. And you know that means you know Fred and Shane and 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 people like that that were the original creators of this. You know, should have a hand in it. Uh, and if that's the case, then I think it would be it would be handled right and and, and fun. Uh, and you know, you definitely look forward to something like that. So you know, maybe one day. Now, what about the comparisons to Stephen King's It? Do you find any uh, legitimacy in that, or do you think that's a bunch of BS? Or I think that well, I mean, It is its own thing, right? And uh, you know, obviously, the novel was uh, released, you know, back in the day, so it does have the same type of themes. Uh, I think the the remake of uh, the film uh, sort of took a lot of uh, little bits and pieces from the Monster Squad, as Stranger Things did as well, uh, which kind of gives a little more legitimacy to uh, the squad as a whole, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it was uh, intentional, um, but it sure felt that way. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how would you see the sequel movie going? How how would you like to see your characters portrayed in the sequel uh, movie, if there was one? Oh, well, I mean, uh, obviously we're uh, hopefully grown up in it. Uh, But what I I think is important in in the sequel to this story was that there are kids as sort of a main force in it, too. So it's a little passing right. of the torch of the experience, and they've got to step up and, and do it. Yeah. Because uh, maybe we're out of touch, and we won't be able to do it at some point. Maybe almost a generational thing the, with the, your kids? Sure, sure. And I think that would be an obvious kind of go-to. Um, but I think, you know, it would be interesting to play with what uh, all the original f- uh, fans of the original film would assume we would be doing. And it would be neat to play and be opposite of that, you know, or we're a little bit different. Uh, okay. there, there's some good ideas out there, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How about you, Ryan? How would you like your character take in, the, in a potential sequel? Uh, well, well, this time I want to play Phoebe. Okay. Because <laughs> she's the hero of the entire piece. So I, I, I'd like to uh, get into that role. Um, I don't know. There's so many ideas for the Rudy character. It's, you know, sort of endless. I mean, it's... Did he wind up a, a drunk in an alley, or did he wind up marrying Patrick's sister, and they have a little house in the middle of nowhere, and you know, with like four kids, and he sort of domesticated himself? Yeah, I Who can knows? See that. It could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah. And please also keep us uh, posted on your careers. What's the latest and greatest um, projects that we can expect both of you guys appearing in? Um, well. That, the, I've been playing music for my entire life, and uh, I've got a record coming out Sweet. with my band Kill Moi. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking to put that out in the next, uh, you know, year or so. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm looking at some other projects to uh, to get involved with uh, as far as film and television is concerned. Nice. Um, and I'm about to start shooting a short film, my very first 
foray into directing. For Rain Directing, wow. What can you tell us about this project? Uh, it's very secretive. I don't want anyone to know about it. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, it's just something I wrote. It's a little short. It's kind nice. of a take on a Twilight Zone episode. All right. So uh, we'll okay. see how that goes in the next uh, month or so. We'll probably shoot it. Wow. Andre probably like, where was my call? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I guess I have to get an audition for that if I can. Because um, I know the story is going to be amazing. Nice. But, um, you know, for me, you know, the last uh, year or so has really been, you know, concentrating on the documentary that I produced and directed, uh, you know, around the Monster Squad, you know, kind of phenomenon called yes. Wo- called Wolfman's Got Nards. Yes. Uh, we finally got that released last year in the U.S. and Canada. So that's, that's, yes. that's still available right now, you know, on, you know, your, your favorite VOD du jour, you know, platform. To to sure. to um, you know to either digitally download and own it or to rent it. You can also buy the Blu-ray on Amazon.com. And as we speak, some of the uh, initial international releases uh, in different countries are coming out for Wolfman's Got Nards. So we've been kind of you know that's kind of been my focus for the last year or so is uh, you know kind of shepherding the documentary out into the world again okay. and uh, making sure it gets in the right places. Awesome. Yeah. Now, are there any particular um, actors and actresses or? T- Talent in attendance that you're excited to meet here today? Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of great faces in here, but you yeah. know, if I had to pick one, it would probably be uh, Tony O'Dell. Uh, you know, you know, who doesn't love Tony O'Dell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, segue. He's standing right. Uh, I've actually known. I've actually known Tony my my almost my entire my entire life. <laughs> so it's it. it's great it. to see Tony again. Uh, there's some great faces. You know, we got some new faces. Uh, yeah. You know, like Tom from Halloween yes. and Douglas and stuff, which are new faces, but they knew us and Malcolm and and uh, all these awesome people that you walk around. And, of course, Tony Todd's here. So yes. it was just a great weekend. Uh, you know, Monster Mania puts on a good show. And the vendors are always the cool people. So it's a, you, we like to go around and do a lap in the vendor hall and, and scope out mm-hmm. the cool stuff and uh, okay. uh, try the pickles. The pickles were excellent. Ooh. Oh, they have a pickle hot sauce. Is that what you're alluding to? Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> you, now, Halloween's coming around the corner. What are you guys wearing for Halloween? Do you still celebrate Halloween? Do you do the parties and stuff like that? I'm actually on Halloween night. I'm going to a uh, live production of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, wow. With Danny Elfman. And uh, Billy Eilish is going to play the Sally role. Oh. And full orchestra. And they're going to show the film behind on the screen. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll probably uh, dress as one of the little trick-or-treaters. Okay. I see that. <laughs> I can't play Jack because he's a little tall and skinny. Okay. So I can't do that. So I could do like the little, little uh, kidnap Mr. Santa Claus. I could do one of those. <laughs> I'm I'm going as the mummy for Halloween. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I'm actually staying with uh, one of my best friends and his family uh, for that week, and I get to hang out with their two boys who are ten and nine. Go trick or treating with them. Yes, and I guess I uh, I think they're showing Monster Squad in their front yard yes. for, for the for the cultist. So I think we're doing that. Oh, cool. And VIP guest of honor right here. Yeah. That's right, yes. Uh, I got suckered into another appearance, and, uh, and, it's, and it's in the driveway. And it's in the family <laughs> realm, too, so that's good. Well, guys, it was amazing talking to you guys. Ryan, Andre, much success in your future projects. I really hope to see a Monster Mania. Uh, sorry, Monster a Monster Squad. Monster Mania. Monster Squad. New iteration, whether it's a series or movie, and you guys hopefully are a part of it. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. We do that. We'll come back and celebrate. Celebrate that movie too. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. And if you could just let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt Show. All right. I'm Ryan Lambert, Monster Squad. I was Rudy. 
Beyond the Below the Belt Show. Did I mess it up? Below the Belt Show. Below the Belt Show. Ryan Lambert, Monster Squad, Below the Belt Show. I'm Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and this is Below the Belt Show. Nice. I love it. Right. So that was an amazing, amazing... I'm going to call it the cool cut. It wasn't really a classic cut. It's from Paramore called Monster, and what a great interview with two of the OGs from the Monster Squad 80s horror iconic film uh, from Monster Mania on location. Um, yeah, they're all about they're all about a Monster Squad sequel or reboot, and it was interesting to hear them talk about Andre Gower and Ryan Lambert about where they see their characters in an alleged sequel. Um, but yes, um, let's really quickly. Um, it's an amazing show. It's been going on for, uh, and of course, uh, we love Jessica. But that was, was, was a lot of information to uh, to soak in about the BNM Webfest. Very thorough. Um, very thorough. Very, very thorough, guys. But uh, <laughs> just a couple more things and we'll wrap up tonight's show. Yes, yes. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, pop-ups, you know. Um, for instance, I went to, like, the Army of Dead pop-up in Los Angeles. where you, It's like a VR pop-up where you um, shoot up a bunch of zombies in a virtual taco truck. So a couple cool pop-ups coming up. <laughs> <laughs> One is a Stranger Things pop-up slash store. That's going to launch in both New York City and um, the Americana at Brand in L.A. So it's going to basically offer exclusive Stranger Things merchandise in a promotion for the upcoming season. Also, it includes a vinyl piece by Ecuadorian artist Chogrin that showcases what an Ego Waffle uh, would look like if mashed up by a Demogorgon. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but it's a lot of like, uh, you know, Stranger Things uh, type of um, attractions um, and exclusive merchandise. And that's on Netflix, but uh, Amazon's got a really cool thing for there for your consideration. As you know, um, it's all about promotion of their nominated shows. Um, one of them being the upcoming being the Ricardos, which is the mm. um, the I Love Lucy biopic. Um, also, the Tender Bar with George Clooney's film coming up and um, a lot of big films. Um, basically, they have what they're calling um, uh, Amazon Prime's The Lodge. So they're taking over um, a bar called the Alcove Bar. And they're going to have cozy igloos. And they're going to have drinks themed uh, around some of the contending movies and series. So there's no better way to promote a series or a movie than with a signature drink based on that series. So. <laughs> where where are these pop-up bars? So the Amazon FYC activation pop-up will be in uh, New York's Bryant Park. Hmm. Starts today, November 3rd. The Stranger Things pop-up will be in both New York and Los Angeles um, in New York City's Times Square and the Americana brand in Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. um, I think pop-ups are a lot of fun if they're done right. You know, There's actually a pop-up Thrones, pop-up Game of Thrones theme bar in D.C. It was so incredible. It was one of the coolest pop-up bars uh, that I've experienced, I'd say. They actually hmm. had a uh, replica Iron Throne, which was so close to 
the movie scale quality Iron Throne. It was great for photo ops and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, but over on Amazon, there's a Christmas theme feature on Amazon starring The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, and uh, Jake Kasdan will be directing it. And uh, this will be exclusively on Amazon. Um, apparently, it's called Red One, um, which is a tentative title. Um, mm. But it's basically a globe-trotting four-quadrant action-adventure comedy within the holiday genre. So, so he's going to do Red Notice for Netflix and then yes. Red One for Amazon. For Amazon, okay, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, it's all about red for Dwayne Why The Rock not? Johnson, right? Uh, let's see on over on HBO, Benedict Cumberbatch. He seems like a very busy man in Hollywood. Yeah. He's got a limited series called London Grad in development at HBO based on the Terminal Spy book by Alan Cowell. Uh, the true story of Alexander... Litvinico, the KGB agent and later defector killed by poisoning with the radioactive isotope uh, polonium-210 hmm. in England. So um, that sounds pretty deep. <laughs> and I Living heard series. I heard there's a duel. Uh, maybe David Tennant is in a dueling series also about this guy, Litvinenko or whatever. So there's, there's like a race to get the first one out. And this is a completely different series. I think it's a totally different one. Same story. They, but... they, they, they seem to do that quite often. Yeah. I don't know why they make, and they release them around the same time, two mm -hmm. distinct series about a very different distinct series with similar you know, plot lines or, or things like that. So I understood why they did that. But uh, yeah, kind of odd, kind of odd. Um, FX on Hulu. You mentioned Atlanta. You're a fan of Atlanta. They just dropped the trailer for Atlanta season three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, in addition, they have over on FX um, a show called Under the Banner of Heaven. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I read the book. That's it. You read the book. What can you tell us about that? So it's, it's Andrew creepy. Garfield, Daisy Edgar Jones, Sam Worthington, Wyatt Russell, the hmm. bogus Captain America. Yeah. Uh, just to name a few. Yeah, they. Those guys look Mormon. I mean, they've got all the characters are Mormon. It's about, okay. So it's it's a Mormon story. Yeah, definitely true story about. I'm trying to remember the exact details, but basically a Mormon. I think Mormon brothers are convinced to kill their sister's daughter. Like they kill their own niece because one of them thinks God told them to do it. Oh wow! It's um yeah, basically a pretty terrible murder that these guys think they commit in the name of God um jeez yeah it's pretty brutal that is really brutal wow yeah. I, I think brutal is kind of the way to go ever since squid games kind of <laughs> got <laughs> popularized here over on apple tv the spy thriller argyle has added another name to um their cast list uh which includes robert delaney um and of course henry cavill sam rockwell bryce dallas howard brian cranston Catherine mm -hmm. o'hara john cena Samuel Jackson, wow! Yikes. And in her first acting role, one of my favorite guilty pleasure pop stars, Dua Lipa. Whew. She is <laughs> amazing. Um, she's going to be in that as well. Um, so basically, yeah. So this is a spy thriller based on a recently released spy novel by the same name, by Ellie Conway, and uh, follows the world's greatest spy as he is caught up in a globe-trotting adventure. 
and they want to do at least three films in this franchise. But yes, this is uh, going directly to um, to uh, Apple TV. So, um, and if Apple you heard the budget, man, they they're they got the everything. budget. They just yeah, they just need to get on that same level as as the other big ones, you know. Yeah. Um, if you heard the opening promo, you heard Alan Maldonado, who was an awesome guest on Below the Belt show for Stars. Uh, that was his character that he did a, his uh, Rooster Robins character, but it was just renewed for season two. Oh, that's for Heels? What's yeah, the show? Heels. Oh, heels. Okay. Yeah, I Heels. Is, that. Yeah. Yeah, so renewed for season uh, two. And of course, uh, it's all about pro wrestling, which, as you know, if you've listened to BTB a long time, you know, we're big wrestling fans here on the show. Um. Over on the CW, one of my favorites is Jenna Dewan. Um, she's actually going to be appearing on Superman and Lois. Uh, she was actually in the Supergirl series, which is down to its final season. I think it's wrapping up uh, this year. And she'll be moving on to uh, continue her character as Lucy Lane, Lois Lane's sister, on Superman and Lois. And over on Fox, John Hamm will be voicing uh, a character on Fox animated series Grimsburg. Um, so uh, John Hamm will play Marvin Flute, the greatest detective ever to catch a cannibal clown or correctly identify a mid-century modern armoire. Okay. <laughs> so basically he's a know-it-all type of def- uh, detective. But there's one mystery he still can't crack, and that's his family. Okay. okay, a very uh, elusive family of sorts. Um, over on NBC, Jonathan Majors and Simu Liu, Simu Liu, best known as Shang Chi, will be hosting on Saturday Night Live. Uh, coming up uh, in different episodes, of course, uh, Majors will be hosting on November thirteenth, and um, Shang Chi will host on November twentieth. Oh, nice. nice. Yes, and I believe. Uh, uh, Kieran Culkin is up this Saturday. Very good. Kieran yeah. Culkin, November 6th. And looks like Ed Sheeran's got the green light to to do the musical performance as the musical guest because he had recently con- contracted COVID-19. He had isolated, but now he is now cleared to perform. So Good to go. We're going to see, uh, yeah, Ed Sheeran and Kieran Culkin in the November 6th, Saturday Night Live. So that should be really, really exciting. Um, over on um, Peacock, Saved by the Bell, when they drop their second season, they're going to pay tribute to original cast member, the late, great Dustin Diamond, who, as you know, had been appeared on Below the Belt show. And, um, you know, we're still really, really sad because a young actor, sadly, um, lost his battle with, with cancer. And uh, unfortunately, he won't be able to um, reprise his role as they were talking about bringing him back for season two. But... Sadly, that is not going to happen. Um, and um, reality television news. Um, wow, I thought we were done with the Kardashians. But <laughs> God damn it. The Hulu, Hulu wants the Kardashians, so they leave the E! Network. They're on E! Uh, for what? How many seasons they're on E! For 20 seasons. And now Hulu wants to pick up the Kardashian and produce uh, with the Kardashian Jenner family produce a new show for them. I thought we were, I totally thought we were done and we're not. I think SNL, I mean, maybe this was in the works before that, but SNL just started it all over again because now she's hot. She's trending. She's maybe dating Pete Davidson. This is what I heard. Kim Kim, is now dating. Kim and Pete were seen together. They, they did a, crazy makeout scene for that one skit yeah, they did you did. see that I so did. it's like 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, Travis Barker's dating Courtney, the the other yeah, Kardashian sisters. Yeah. So and they're they're super tight, you know. So I don't know. Oh, there you go. But it's interesting. Like two of the actors from Schitt's Creek, uh, Eugene Levy and Dan Levy, are going on to reality shows. I guess they're yeah. taking a break from scripted stuff. So Eugene Levy is going to be um, hosting something called The Reluctant Traveler. So basically, he claims to be not well-versed in globetrotting. But basically, he's going to be visiting some of the world's most remarkable locations, hotels, explore the people, places, and cultures that surround them in the series. And Dan Levy is going to be doing a a reality show all about brunch on HBO Max. A cooking competition series, um, which basically... He says, who who doesn't want to watch maple syrup being poured slowly over a golden stack of perfectly cooked creme brulee inspired French toast? So, expect that. We are almost done. Uh, Will Smith, uh, in an interview uh, to promote uh, his docuseries, Best Shape of His Life, they just uh, showed the trailer. He admitted at one point he contemplated death by suicide, which is pretty crazy considering Will's got an incredible life, you know. Uh, apparently, during the pandemic, he got extremely out of shape, but it's a DACA series, um, which shows his efforts of uh, trying to lose uh, the pounds and uh, get back into the best shape of his life. Hmm. Um, why was suicidal? Uh, I mean, at- After Earth wasn't that bad. Like, I know, right? <laughs> Get over it, Will. Come on. Uh, really quick, because we only got a couple of minutes left. Yes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony uh, was this past Saturday, and we honored some great um, musicians, including the Foo Fighters, Jay Z, Carol King, LL Cool J, who both of us we dance for at the Kennedy <laughs> Center Honors. Isn't it interesting? He gets a Kennedy Center Honors Award. Before he gets the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Award, which is crazy. Um, Tina Turner finally getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. The Go-Go's, Foo Fighters, um, just to name a few, um, all certainly deserving of that. Um, And which which is interesting, David Chappelle uh, actually um, inducted Jay-Z. And he said, I would like to apologize to, and he's like, Nah, I'm fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about this on the show a lot already, but yes, it's about the controversy of some of the jokes that he made on his closer special that the transgender community was all up in arms, basically. Um, we'll go into the AMM, AMAs next week as we are reaching the end of our show tonight, but really shocking gossip news. Cal Penn. Can you believe it? Uh, from Harold and Kumar has come out. He's been engaged as partner of 11 years. Um, and he's going to be promoting his new tell-all memoir, You Can't Be Serious. And he admitted to being uh, with his fiance for 11 years. And it's interesting, he kind of left Hollywood and pursued a, a career in politics for a short minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but looks like uh, now he's, uh, I guess, you know, promoting the memoir and not sure if he's going to basically um, return to, um, you know, Hollywood, 
But I gotta admit, it's semi. It's kind of shocking. It's only because you know I'm used to his Harold Kumar character. You yeah, know, was, exactly. I, I watched an old clip of Harold and Kumar where his Kumar character was like, "I do not want to be a virgin after college. I want to <laughs> dine at the American Peak Taco Stand." You know, <laughs> he was yeah. talking about how much he wanted to get laid, and you know, um, it just came uh, as a big surprise, so to speak. Um, and, I did not uh, see that one coming either. Yeah, I mean. It's not like I've really followed him. He clearly took himself kind of out of the spotlight. Like, like I yeah. remember when he was working for Obama, that was a big deal. And since yeah. then, I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, yeah. So, all um, right. He's back in the spotlight now. He's back in the spotlight. Um, and we talked a lot about the Alec Baldwin Russ situation. Um, but, but really quickly, do you, do you have an opinion or a comment? I mean, I, I, I just we were talking about last week. We were just so shocked that there are. Their actual firearms on set. Why? Why? Why does there need to be real firearms on set? I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Um, th- I mean, it sounds like that's going to be the, a change. I I do think every day there seems to be new info, and I think yeah. a lot of people wanted to rush to make their case. You know, right? Like this is a sign that we have to do. Ac- and yeah, we probably should not have real guns anymore. But it sounds like the stories keep changing. Right. And in terms of like crew, now they're saying like, oh, you know, this crew that quit, the conditions were great. Some of these crew members were just frankly being jackasses who quit. Mm -hmm. You know, they just kept demanding more and more and more. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I I do get the sense like a lot of narratives are being spun that just. Yeah, the investigation is still going on. Hannah Gutierrez, who was the armorer, who a lot of people are pointing fingers to, Mm -hmm. um, basically. uh, through her lawyer was saying the, there was a lot of untruths that have been said to the media that have slandered her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she stresses that safety is her number one priority is on set and has no idea where the live rounds came from. She yeah. said her and the prop master gained control over the guns. She never witnessed anyone shoot live rounds with these guns, nor would she um, permit that. And some people are saying maybe a conspiracy theory. And you know, early I, on I there were these conspiracy theories which I looked ridiculous, little, and now they're yeah. coming back because it sounds like her lawyer is starting to say maybe this was sabotage. That sounds a little far-fetched to me. It, it does, honestly. It you does. know? <laughs> I mean... I, I don't know. So, And it's interesting. Anytime that um, you know, Alec Baldwin will re- retweet um, um, you know, any anything that kind of just takes the blame away from him what <laughs> <laughs> what is that uh a lengthy statement from a costume designer who, who strongly denies reports of unsafe working conditions on set of rust um and she says i'm so sick of this narrative i worked on this movie the story is being spun of us being overworked and surrounded by unsafe chaotic conditions is bullshit so statements like that yeah. make me think to believe maybe there was some foul play, you know, on set. I, I don't know, but um, I don't know. It's just been, I mean, it doesn't excuse it, but like, you know, obviously occasionally this stuff does happen. Like, as we know from the crow, it doesn't excuse it and something has to change, but mm-hmm. it just seems like there's been a lot of initial finger pointing. Yeah. When it's like, I mean, <sighs> if you use real working guns, something's eventually going to happen. That's just yeah. kind of. And of course, uh, I recently had a prop gun on set, and uh, oh, you know yeah. was what? It, loaded? it wasn't loaded, okay. and uh, we were kind of instructed kind of keep the guns in our holster the whole time. But of course, 
you know, got to do our look a little photo ops, you know. <laughs> so I found a I think I saw get, this photo. You, you, yeah. you need to find an area so you can get that photo op. But okay. uh, no, no. And it's interesting because they, because, um, you know, some exteriors, some interiors, anytime um, that we had to walk away from the interior set, they actually, the armor or the prop person had to remove the prop guns from our holster. It was very, very important um, mm. just to not have anyone panic. So uh, on the set of this great show that we're going to see on HBO, which is neither here nor there right now. We, right maybe now. one day we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. As we always end the show, uh, some rest in peace shout outs to um, Linda Carlson, who played the no nonsense TV station manager Bev on Newhart had sadly passed away uh, due to ALS. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Forrest, three-time Daytime Emmy award-winning director, uh, whose credits include The Honeymooners, whose line is it anyway, The Dick Cavett Show, had passed away at the age of 95. And Mike Laughlin, who produced the cult classic road trip Tulane Blacktop, and co-wrote Warren Beatty's film Town and Country had died due to complications of COVID-19, guys. So COVID-19 still out there, guys. Please continue to be safe. Um, of course, with death, we celebrate life. Congratulations, first of all, to Kristen Stewart, who announced her engagement to screenwriter Dylan Meyer. And, uh, of course, some birthdays. Roseanne Barr is 68. Happy birthday. Kate Capshaw, Indiana Jones, is 67. Comedian Dennis Miller, 67. Dolph Lundgren is 63. Uh, Antonio Thomas from The Good Doctors, 34. And Kendall Jenner, which we already greeted her happy birthday, is 25. <laughs> happy birthday, Kendall. Well, this is a great show from top to bottom. Thank you so much, Vince, for hanging in there for me. I definitely needed somebody on my side. Oh, it's um, good to be here, always. Yes, we'd like to thank, of course, our panelists. Of course, Vince Eisenson, actor extraordinaire. We cannot wait to talk about your big announcement when we're able to. Um, it's really exciting. Really happy for you, man. Thank you. Um, you've become a, a, a friend uh, very recently. We've talked a lot about our audition struggles, and and um, you've yeah, I appreciate really... that. It's it's always nice to have somebody to to vent and vent, can yes. relate to the yes. struggles. Yeah, yes, it's a struggle out there. Uh, aspiring actors out there, it is it's not an easy um, road to, uh, to to follow. Um, it's a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles, rejection. But you just have to keep, just keep on keeping on, so to say. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and of course, Jessica Ray uh, Taylor, the lovely Aussie, Baltimore New Media Webfest, bnmwebfest.com. And of course, Chad Morton of sorry, smashentertainment.net. Uh, thank you, Chad, for joining us here on BTB. Well, you know, we originally had Gina Lee Nolan scheduled to be with us tonight. However, we're going to set up a future. A future interview uh, on a rescheduled date uh, to get the Baywatch Babe on Below the Belt show. But nonetheless, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. And we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.